Hi. Um, hi. Hi, Rishabh. I got your name wrong the first time when I sent you some questions. Yes. I, I, I called you Rebhav. Yes. How do you feel about that? Yes. I think you made it a tradition, so you have something to start with. You know, butchering people's names gives you a good icebreaker and a conversation starter. <laughs> Dude, the first time, okay, when I, when I had this thing, Gorang, Gorang, when I started with Gorang, yeah. the thing with Gorang was that yeah. uh-huh. he just, he started off with in a very formal sense and that inherently made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. dude, why are you talking like that? And he lost it. <laughs> he asked me, why am I roasting him? <laughs> so that's on the note that oh, he started yeah. off on. I really hope he doesn't okay. hate yeah, me. Okay. Dude, with, with the way that conversation went, I wouldn't be too sure. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, so, um, hi. Yes. I'm Vyom. I have no idea what's special about me to mention, but uh, we have Rishabh here. Rishabh is an 18-year-old. He seemingly looks like an overachiever. He is an overachiever, most probably. Um, what we know about him from his LinkedIn profile, after stalking his LinkedIn profile 17 times, here's the conclusion that I have. He is an avid robotics, engineering, and neuroscience aficionado. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Enthusiast. And <laughs> uh, he's an enthusiast and uh, he's like really smart. Yeah. And yeah. And I hope that he wants to talk about yes. AI because this is a tech podcast, a very serious tech Thank podcast. You. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the impression I got after listening to your first episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, see, Gorang actually is a really is really like knowledgeable about green tech. So that's why we went into green tech. Mm. If he hears this podcast mm. again, he will shut me down for calling it green tech <laughs> because he says, Vyom, it's clean tech, not green tech. He told me after the podcast, he's like, why did you say that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't bother correcting you while we were recording. Happens a lot. Anyway, so we're going to start um, mm-hmm. with uh, rapid fire. So, okay. <laughs> I feel Are you like sure I'm that your call has been recording by Let's start. What? It's like we're in, I'm in an episode of Coffee with Karan. I haven't watched it, neither do I, and uh, neither am I planning to watch it, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's the first thought that crossed my head. Yeah. Is this what you're thinking about when the first time you see my face? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, when you said rapid fire, you know. Okay, rapid that, fire. Let's take like an no, fish show. This yeah. is this is a very original idea. If Karan Johar is using, then I would have to sue him definitely. This is theft of intellectual yeah, no. property. Sorry, dude. <laughs> rapid fire. Uh, as we know yes, that sir. this call is being recorded by the by the Dubai government. Um, totally yes. It is going to be very hard for me to not to stay not racist. So I will try my best. <laughs> Can you like say shit about the Dubai government, please? <laughs> no. You can't. Okay, okay we'll avoid Dubai okay. government. Um, rapid fire, Dubai. Yes. Fuck you, but Okay, so Dubai, Duella, but messed up. What? I didn't hear you. Duella, but messed up. Okay. That... Okay, yeah. never mind. 3D printing. Now, do you, do you want me to elaborate on these or like just a few words? Just just enough? a few words, like one to three words and go. Okay. 3D printing. 3D printing, underrated. Future. Hopeful. AI. Um, it's in a bubble. It's in a bubble, oh. Oh damn, <laughs> I feel insecure. <laughs> India. <laughs> uh, developing. Okay. Biotech. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about it. I'd say it's like my passion. Okay. Hmm. Uh, then we have Narendra Modi. He is my knight in shining armor. My family is like the bhakt kind. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> you said that he's a knight in shining armor. Then you say your family is a bhakt kind. First way, I, I can judge yeah. um, like real, real love for him. Then I'm like, okay, sarcasm because he used the word bhakt, which is fine. Like, are you like, are you, are you like pro Modi no, or something? No, no, no. No, I, I have genuine, uh, genuine love for the guy. I, I think what he's doing is, I don't want to get into the whole political side of things, but like, I, I, gen, I like him as a person more. I, I like how disciplined he is. Uh, I like how he speaks. And um, I think he's a very good orator. And 
um, I find inspiration in him. So, more okay. than that. Yeah. Um, next we have, I want to scream out so loudly. Um, next thing we have, <laughs> electroencephalography. I spent I spent uh, I spent five minutes trying to know how to pronounce this shit. So you better answer correctly with yeah, one single yeah. word. Um, don't repeat it. You, you pronounce it wrong, but it's the future. <laughs> yeah, I would say E G is the future. Yeah. Okay. It's Definitely. Okay. C B S C. Bullshit. Next. <laughs> First crush. Fourth crush. <laughs> what? Food fetish. What are you saying? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> I said fourth grade. Okay, fourth grade. Can you grade, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. Um, pyramids. Uh, arrogance. Because pyramids are in Egypt and I can shit about Egypt. No, I can't. But, uh, I try I to find be as, this is as no. racist as I could. I'm like, Middle East, pyramids. No, mind. Um, <laughs> then we have Singapore. Uh, street food. Yeah. That, that, that city, the street food. Mm-hmm. Top of the world. Okay. Um, then we have Country. Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he's like a model parent for the whole world. Yeah, he is. Totally. Robots. Yeah. Uh, tough. Wait. Um, they were my stepping stones. Okay. Um, Terminator. Yeah, there was a, yeah. He's sexy. Damn. Aren't you Dubai? Yeah. What? Kusri, nothing. Okay. Um, Drake. Overrated. Overrated? The two things from your perspective yeah. that are overrated are AI and Drake. Thanks. Um, networking. Yeah. Uh, networking, I'd say network, net worth. That sort of thing. Network. The more you network, the more valuable you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how people like take out, um, like, Parts from their podcast to show, hey guys, in this podcast, we talk about AI and how um, yeah. Rishabh thinks, I was going to say Rebhav, okay? Rishabh thinks, <laughs> Rishabh thinks that AI is overrated. Uh, My part would be net worth. Net worth, is, net worth is a really good tagline. Thanks, man. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. what the fuck is electroencephalography or EG as you shut me down with? Okay, um, first let's practice pronouncing it together. It's yeah. electroencephalography. Okay, electroencephalography. Yeah, or yeah. let's just call it EEG for sure. How happy do you feel right now on the scale of 1 to 10? Very, <laughs> very. Okay. I wasn't this happy after my 12th word results as I am teaching someone how to pronounce EEG. Would you, would you like to share more about your 12th board results? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I did well, but we're not going to go there. Please. Uh, no. <laughs> what board were you in? What board were you in? Uh, what school was I in? No, what board? What curriculum? CBSC, dude. CBSC, same, same energy. Oh, what were your subjects? What, my, what were my subjects? I was in liberal arts, as they call it back here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to call it arts, mm-hmm. now it's liberal. <laughs> Funny. And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I yeah. had history. Geography, mm-hmm. economics, and mm-hmm. maths. Okay. I didn't want I maths. My physics, parents gave me chemistry, maths. maths, biology, and English. Chemistry, maths. You you had a medical with maths, as yes. we would say in, in India. The whole package. The whole yes. package. Yes. Just teach him everything there is possibly about the world. <laughs> That's literally what they're trying to do. My my sister had That's the same me. subjects, man. Yeah, so, so you have an idea how painful it can be those two years. Yeah. It's like someone trying to vaccinate you, Sorry. but the vaccinate, vaccination will only kill jobs and uh, it will, they're like stabbing you. <laughs> sort of the same analogy. Uh, okay. So, um, that, that's very accurate to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I did, but, dude, out of the moment, my brain is like funny. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay, uh, uh, please, please. Coming back, what is yeah. EEG? Yeah, yeah, what is EEG? Yeah, okay, so. So see, for people who actually think, kidding, for everyone, you know, when you're thinking they're like electrical impulses in your brain, right? Yeah. Uh, they're like neurons firing, there's like tiny, um, 
Yeah, I don't know how to explain this. But like electrical impulses cause of neurons firing. Mm -hmm. Now, EEG headsets are um, basically headsets that have these metal electrodes that go um, on the surface of your head mm -hmm. that can pick up these electrical impulses. Okay. You know, like if, if you've ever seen a voltmeter, you know, that can measure like the voltage in a battery. Yeah. Think of it like that, but far, far, far more sensitive, you know, that can pick up even really, really tiny electrical impulses. So the headsets that I work with, if I had one around, I would have shown it to you. Um, but, but we are on a podcast, so... No, I can, I can actually make a video out of it and post it on LinkedIn saying, Hey guys, couldn't show this to you. Does, <laughs> does Spotify allow me to post videos? I don't know, I'm unsure. I can try. I don't think so. I mean, I Joe Rogan has it. Music streaming app. Long comparison, uh, never yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay. uh -huh. Yeah. Go ahead. So basically, um, yeah. while you're thinking that these electrical impulses and EEG headsets can pick up those electrical impulses, mm -hmm. the headsets that I work with, they're completely non-invasive. So they primarily have three electrodes, one that goes on like the uh, frontal lobe and two that go behind your ear. Mm -hmm. So the one on the front picks up the main readings. And these two are used to remove all the external noise because the electrical impulses that they're picking up are extremely minute. Even simple, um, you know, any electronic device around you or um, anything in your environment can lead to disturbance in the, rec in the reading. So the two electrodes behind your ear, um, they are subtracted to remove all the external sound. And the final data that you get, that is filtered into nine different brain waves at least with the headsets that I use, like um, alpha, beta, delta, gamma, low alpha, high alpha, then I know those, all of those have like a different meaning to them. And, um, and then there's a chip inside these headsets that uses it to calculate your attention and your um, like meditation. That's what the headset that I use. EEG in general is, you know, reading those electrical impulses and graphing it to see if your brain's working. Damn. Did you, did you like, did you like use uh, like, in the most layman's language, you just break the mm -hmm. broke down uh, something that I can't even pronounce. Um, it's easy. Let's call it easy. Easy, yeah. E D. But it's e easy. E yeah, easy. Easy. Okay. Yeah, e easy. Fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they won't see it on the podcast. They can't see it on the podcast. <laughs> what a shame, Spotify. <laughs> so tell me this: How yeah. did you? get to know about EG in the first place. Interesting. Uh, I think this was before my 14th birthday, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time. That was the first time I built something that was mind controlled. Um, I was, I was just I was 14 years uh, old when I felt that there is something that I can control with my brain. No, I wasn't watching Simpsons. I was building EG. <laughs> yes. Um, is so your brain tortured by you? <laughs> no, no. Are I you actually sure? enjoy that a lot more, to be honest. Yeah, I think maybe I'll get into this a little bit later. But like, mm -hmm. basically, I was sitting and looking for birthday presents for myself because this was like literally one day before my birthday. Yeah. And uh, I was like, let's look at some cool tech. <laughs> and I came across the, this this toy that... Uh -huh. uh, that was, yeah, it was, it was actually a toy. It was like this a ball in a glass tube. Mm -hmm. You put on a headset and the more you focus, the higher the ball moves. Mm -hmm. And then if you stop focusing, the ball comes down. And watching that video absolutely blew my mind. I was mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that was, it was literally like, I want you to do this. Right? So I, I For, went just, to that company's just website. Just a second. For yeah. The one person watching from Switzerland, as in my statistics for the last podcast, I would like to tell you what he just said. What did he just say? Yeah, he just said, Ki, said does there something like this exist? If it does, I want it. Yeah, go on. Uh, I said, I want to do this, but uh, it's okay. Uh, Miki, use Desi so, words. Most 90% of the audience is based uh, in India. Don't worry. That one man, in, um, one man or woman in Switzerland, we have to find them. Okay, we, we uh, put down uh, like subtitles just for him. So um, mm. yeah, I was like, "Mujhe ye karna hai," and uh, and um, I, I did a little bit of research. I found out that this technology is called EEG. It's been okay. around since 1931, 
and um, I, I saw there's this company that's going out of business that makes EEG headphones, mm-hmm. and there's like a shit pile of them on uh, on eBay that were you know literally there for like very cheap, like literally for nine dollars. And um, my dad fortunately was in the US, and he was leaving on on my birthday, so he was there for like some work related thing, and he was coming back on seventh October. Mm-hmm. Uh, quietly plugged my birthday there. Yeah. And um, I asked him, can you can you get me one of those headsets um, as like a gift? And fortunately, it got delivered in time. And um, and that was like an, an EEG headset was like my 14th birthday's gift. And I opened it and it was the, the tube thing itself. So it was meant to be played with the tube where, you know, you put on the headset and you focus and move the thing around. But I never bothered trying the tube thing. I got the headset and 15 minutes later, I opened it and it had a chip on it which had these two serial communication pins on them mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I read the documentation. It's, it was in, it's a company called Neurosky that made that chip. Mm-hmm. And, um, that basically, um, they, they spoke about how you could tap into, um, those pins to get the data out of the headsets. So I, um, soldered extra wires there. You know, if, if we had video in this, I would show you how bad the soldering iron that I used was. Yeah. Let me so have it here. Okay. okay. Sorry about that. But do you see? I literally used like a soldering iron tip that was like very blunt to do like uh, like very minute soldering. That was a challenge. But mm-hmm. I did that, and I was used that to like get the data onto like an Arduino. Okay. Yeah. And so you use like that, that a normal solder just to play around with these super tiny, complicated stuff, and it worked out. It worked out exactly. I got lucky because um, there was no way another headset was gonna get shipped to the UAE, mm-hmm. and my dad was already back, huh. and um, I, I I had already opened the headset, so there was no going back from there. And when I saw how tiny those chips were, I was like, I don't know how am I gonna do this. And my and I don't even have a normal soldering iron. My soldering iron is blunt, like it's not even pointed. It's flat, but it just fortunately worked out for me there. I connected it to like a microcontroller called an Arduino yeah. and used the used my brainwaves to control an LED. So like turn a light on, turn a light off. Yeah. And two days after that, I made a drone that I controlled with my mind. You were 14 years old when you made a toy that you, can, you could control with your mind. Yeah. You were in Dubai that time, right? <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, what are you doing in Dubai in the first place? Uh, no, I'm only here because uh, I think back when I was um, 12, in, like my whole family moved because uh, um, basically, you know, dad migrated here. So like moved with him um, for his work. So yeah, that, that's the only reason I'm in Dubai. That's the only reason. I'm from Mumbai. I, okay. I was there until I was 12. You were in Mumbai until so you were 12. Yeah, because mm. that's what I'm saying. I mean, this handsome looking dude in Dubai, he actually speaks Hindi, but still, I mean, you do have an accent though. Oh, I, okay. You're the first person who's told me that. To be you honest. you have an accent. Kuch Hindi bol ke dikha yaar. Hindi to me normally baat karta hai yaar. What? I'm so fluent with Hindi, but like, Whenever I'm speaking to someone in English and suddenly they like shift to Hindi, I'm caught so off guard. I'm like, uh, Hindi, ke, ke, Hindi, Hindi, how do that. <laughs> Super cool. So tell me this, yeah. you landed mm-hmm. in Dubai. What was the first thing that you did? You moved in Dubai. You are this 12 year old kid who has to, who just mm-hmm. changed schools, who went out of Mumbai, Mumbai, uh, Mumbai. I have no idea what, what happens mm-hmm. in Mumbai. So I'll just leave it to you. What was the first thing that happened to you when you moved to Dubai? First thing that happened. Okay. No, first thing that I did was go to the washroom because it was a rather long flight for me. But, uh, first that was so eventful necessary. thing. Sorry. That was so necessary. Uh, that's the first thought that crossed my head when you asked me. Okay. No, I remember that because it was a, let, let's just cut that out. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'll cut that out. Know. Last time also, um, Gorang told me to cut something out and I didn't because I genuinely forgot. <laughs> okay, maybe just just cut out the yes, copy I will, of I will cut it probably. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
No, I think my first robotics related or like steam related break in in Dubai was not until I think uh, two years after I had been here. Because uh, honestly, at the time that like my school didn't really encourage it. Um, I, I had been into robotics since I was seven, you know, like steam and electronics and all that mm-hmm. right from when I was seven. But um, after I came here, it slowed down a little bit because uh, um, I didn't have all the parts that I had in India because I had moved and school over here, none of my peers had like any interest at all and even school wasn't as supportive initially. Mm-hmm. And um, then our, our school's principal changed and the new principal that came came around uh, was very supportive. She she thought what I was doing, was, she found what things that I was building were pretty cool and she wanted to support me whatever way she could. And that's why in uh, in in ninth grade, when I I just turned fourteen, was when I you know built that mind control drone. Um, I, I presented it at an event in school, and a um, few months after that, um, she got me enrolled in a competition, where uh, I presented a mind control prosthetic, like a three D printed bionic arm. And you you were sixteen then, years old. I was fourteen at the time. You were 14 at the time when you presented a mind-controlled bionic arm. Yeah. Man. What was the name? What was the name of the second principal who was very supportive of your stuff? Teresa Warman. Come again? I absolutely love her. She's like, Teresa Warman. She's from Delhi. Ooh. Hmm. So like really kudos to her. But also to you, yeah. I mean, you're not a normal dude. You're not a normal dude at all. Like, no, my principal did made me everything, no, but I also just randomly checked out this uh, mind-controlling thing, mind-controlling toy when I was 14 years old, that is super cool. The, the, I, I got, dude, I received a drone, uh, not a drone, a remote-controlled helicopter when I was 10 years old, 11 years old, and that was my mm-hmm. closest interaction with something that flies. Wow. Okay. I... I have thought about actually like getting myself a drone since I have the resources now so I should just just go ahead get myself a drone but mm-hmm. it just seems unfeasible I want to get into re- reinforcement learning and try like flying drones and training them to fly themselves but uh, mm-hmm. just seems very very costly plus training the models that's just com- computation uh, computationally costly as well so drop the idea dropped yeah. RL went into even I'm into AI but, uh, mm-hmm. and you, I, I think you, yeah, you did text me about like combining the both of them. So what did you mean when you talked about yeah. like combining AI and like, uh, EG, I can't pronounce it. Oh, uh, okay. So actually not just EG, even 3d printing. So, um, you know, you talk a lot, even on your LinkedIn about deploying the models, right? Yeah. Like actually putting them into getting them to do something, not yeah. just building them. So I'm like, uh, yeah, doing that through websites, doing that through mobile apps is cool, but I feel if you have a little bit of a real world interaction with what you're building, I think it can be like really interesting. So just say like, um, say something very simple, like building, having a potted plant with um, a moisture sensor in it, and then using like machine learning to study that data and predict what time of the day is best to monitor, to water the plant maybe. And then having a servo attached to like, uh, or like a pump attached um, to like a jug of water that automatically waters the plant at that time, you know. And we, I mean, we're talking of, about uh, these uh, super, super, not super, like ultra enthusiasts of plants. And we're just telling them, hey, we know when your plant needs water and we have it for you. <laughs> that kind of sounds creepy, yeah. but there should be some buyers for it. I mean, we're talking about combining uh, machine learning, basic machine learning. Mm-hmm. Not even like mm-hmm. DL models. I don't think DL would have any role in it. Mm-hmm. Just using what K means, mm-hmm. using a couple of XGBoost and binary trees sort of algorithms and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, then we'll have some Ardu- Arduino. Is it? It's called Arduino, right? Yeah. Arduino, yeah. Yeah. So we just we just mm-hmm. uh, come like attach it to a, say a Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. working system. I don't know what to call it. And a uh, couple of chips, couple of systems. Then yeah. you have it ready. Yeah. yeah it can be deployed, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's like TensorFlow, ha- uh, TensorFlow and PyTorch have this whole subsection of uh, ideologies and like uh, techniques where mm. all you have to do, like uh, TensorFlow has TensorFlow Light, PyTorch has this mm. amazing technique, uh, the lighting type, li- lighting PyTorch we have, and then PyTorch also has this uh, pruning technique to like scale mm-hmm. down the models because 
Okay, so PyTorch and TensorFlow. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. to give you a heads up, Py- PyTorch and TensorFlow are libraries that we uh, basically are libraries in AI, before. right? Yes. We use yeah. them to create I models. I mean, I know that you know yeah. for a gut feeling. I had this gut feeling you'd know that, but the people uh, yeah. listening to this, the 13 people listening to this, I just wanted them to know that I care about <laughs> them a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the very considerate view. No, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not something to laugh about, laugh about, honestly, from my side, but I'm really grateful whoever's listening. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. we use PyTorch, a separate library by Py, people at PyTorch, TensorFlow by people at mm-hmm. Google, and they mm-hmm. have this whole subsection because you can't put up like two gigabytes and like three gigabytes worth of heavy models onto mm-hmm. something that has a RAM of eight, eight megabytes. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, and... I think uh, like um, TensorFlow has come up with this new TensorFlow Lite um, library as well that they've designed specifically for an Arduino. Yeah, so you can I literally write your code and you can run it on an Arduino itself. And then when Arduino came out with a special chip that could run it as well, mm-hmm. it like absolutely blew my mind because that, that that unfolds a whole, whole new paradigm of uh, possibilities and like awesome hardware projects that you can build and this plant thing was actually very stupid is the first thing that crossed my mind so i just said it but like to give you a better example you've seen like videos of my robot right yeah yeah <laughs> that's so the like, head that's the head boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, like he he ran um like he ran deep learning like for um algorithms for, for his vision he could he could recognize faces hey. so I, I was just using some open seriously Sorry? he could recognize yeah okay so, how mm. how costly are three D three D printers now as compared to five years ago? Random question. Uh, oh, I mean, three um, D printers are dirt cheap, honestly. Instead of my mobile phone, I can buy like four three D printers. I have five three D printers at home. Five three D printers at home. I I want hey, I want most of them to be fair, but like uh, like. Oh, I, I, for like your viewer, your twelve viewers in India, I would say um, one. I think a three D printer would cost around uh, fifteen thousand to twenty. Ten thousand ten to twenty thousand rupees. Fifteen to twenty five, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, a good one. Yeah, like end three or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can get a very good printer for that range. You really don't need to you know pay um pay a, a, like out of your throat for that. Anymore. So you printed the whole mask using a simple 3D printer. Yeah, yeah. I printed the whole body. Everything's 3D printed. Like, what is it made of? Uh, PLA, polylactic acid. Yeah, it's I think, I think PLA, PLA is material. the better material out of the most out of most of them, right? I was talking. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Go ahead. It it is more uh, environmentally friendly mm-hmm. because uh, PLA is made out of sugarcane extract. Okay. Sugarcane extract. Yeah, uh, so it's like when it, when you you need a lower temperature to print, and while it's printing, there's a sweet smell in the room. Then the other one's ABS. ABS needs like two forty degrees to print, and uh, mm-hmm. there is a bad smell in the room, and ABS uh, becomes yellow when you place it in the sun for long. But it's a little bit stronger. What 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 is the dumbest thing you've done with your three D printers? Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, Come question. on, please. I think, I, I think using it to uh, drop pictures of people and then gifting it to them because I'm too cheap to buy a gift. I didn't get you. You, you printed pictures of people. No, I used it. Um, again, I don't know if you've seen the video of my printer writing things on paper. Okay. Got that. Okay, a little so, bit. That's the dumbest yeah. thing you've done with the three no. printers. No, right, so I use, you know how, how, no, no, instead of, so how I was using the pen to write things on paper, Yeah. I, I use the printer to draw their faces Ooh. in a very creepy sort of way. Ooh. You know that, and uh, that okay, okay, I got that where you don't lift the pen and you draw their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the printer did that, basically. That, that's not dumb, that's cute, dude. Didn't someone tell you? Weren't they thankful? No. <laughs> They were thankful. <laughs> they were like, Rishabh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and what's the dumbest thing you've uh, done with yeah. your robots? <laughs> I literally cannot, cannot think of uh, an answer to this question. Asha, what's the craziest um, thing you've done with your robots? 
used it to used my robot to get him to sing a song for someone. I how, I found how, that how can a robot crazy. sing a song for someone, dude? Cause see, you have a face like this with a jaw that moves, right? Cause his jaw can move, like speak. But because he's like a speaker inside, yeah. So like basically, uh, I I was presenting at an event in school, and I programmed this hot word that when you say it, it just starts singing that song, and I just got that person to say it, and then he sang the song. It worked. Super cool. But if you if you were to like point yeah. down on like one thing that like uh, gave break to you, see, uh, we get the idea that you were into EG very early on, but how did you get to robotics mm-hmm. in the first place? Was it like everything oh, from uh, EG led to led in, led you into robotics, and you just never left that field, and you stopped studying and stuff, and you came out with no. nails five inches long, no? <laughs> no, uh, actually, I got into robotics first, then EG. Cause of ro- robotics, I when got did you get into EG robotics, actually. dude? And I was like eight or something, very young. And what was the Seven first thing eight, that you yeah. did with robotics? Uh, okay, so first I would say, uh, okay, I, I, I know, I'm not sure if you've seen those Lego Mindstorms kits. Wait a second, let's, it's time to share screens now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, I think I had, just Google it, Lego, Lego Mindstorms. Um, so basically what had happened was, have you, have you seen that, uh, you've seen the robot movie, right? The yes. first one that didn't suck. So yeah, like I was seven when I watched yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I, when I was seven, I watched that and I was like, shit, I need my own robot. And um, for like six months, I just obsessed over the idea of building my own robot. Mm-hmm. Not this one, look for NXT 2.0. Um, NXT yeah. 2.0? Yeah. That was, uh, and then for six months, I was obsessed with the idea of building a robot. And uh, my parents, they were, they were very supportive. So they got me this kind of electrical, uh, you know, those DIY solder circuits. Yeah. So they got me one of those DIY solder circuits. And um, that was when I was seven and I, I worked with my neighbor and I assembled a clap switch on my own. So that was like the first thing I'd ever built. You know, you'd clap and the light would turn on, clap and the light would turn off again. And then my uncle, you know that US wale chacha. Uh-huh. He gifted me this Lego Mindstorms ka kit some of a while later. And uh, yeah, so Whoa, that, what that, the fuck? That, that, that's when I got dude, into these robotics. things exist. Am yeah, I am I like do. where am I living, dude? Am I living in Stonehenge or what? I never knew that this shit existed. No. Oh wow. Yeah, so see, that's when I would tell your viewers that you don't live under a rock. Like, if you're interested in something, go out and um, find out what new is happening there. Find out what's you know, new happening there. What, what do you have in your hand? Uh, <laughs> Why do you have, your, have a hand in your hand? I'm a prosthetic. <laughs> you have it in there. Yeah, I, I was giving a talk, I think, and then I, I was like, I just had it in my hand because I was talking about that too. See guys, I have a hand in my hand. That just sounds like so good, <laughs> just so good to say hand in hand. Never mind. Um, where, where, where were you speaking? Uh, sorry. Where were you speaking? Oh, uh, I think this was in Singapore. And what yeah. were you? What were you doing in Singapore? See, after I built my humanoid and I had like a whole range of mind control toys. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this event that someone was organizing, uh, like a maker's fair, it was called Campus Party. Um, and they invited me to speak, talk about why I like to build things and stuff. And then that, that's like one of the reasons that was like the first talk I gave. That's when I got into teaching and conducting workshops and giving inspirational speeches about building things and all that. Dude, you, you're like really, really motivating me to get back into RR and start with like Arduino and shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly like keep telling people that, you know, like build yeah. cool shit, like how you have your tagline, right? Like it, it's just so much fun. It's so satisfying. There is literally, it's incomparable, the kind of satisfaction that you get when you build something, you've spent like weeks or months of effort into it. And when it finally works, be it like, you know, be it just a small motor that you're turning on with a battery. But when you see it turn, when you see it change direction or something, that kind of satisfaction and warmth that you feel, right? You cannot compare that to any other feeling. So like, that, 
I 100% it has its own kind of high being a maker and that's why I 100% tell everyone that you have even the slightest of knacks about learning things or building something just go ahead and build something stupid you know just you know, do it for the echo users gave me a massive insight because I had been avoiding um putting up new models on like Kaggle and like other places as well mm-hmm. like I want to compete on AI crowd uh but the mm-hmm. thing with aircloud being that i can't find the time to sit down set up everything and start coding again it's been uh, i mean mm-hmm. i do code occasionally um, i do mm-hmm. code occasionally but it's more preprocessing data and like uh, putting it into models and training mm-hmm. models but not actually doing some new things new stuff so mm-hmm. kind of like was shitting on myself for not doing new things but now i just think do just show up read the first page of that research paper and uh, go ahead with the flow mm-hmm. i feel really motivated mm-hmm. now Would you like to take the credit well, for it? I mean I'm going to stay humble. We're going to say yes. I'll take it. I'm going to take up take back that statement. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you can see that doesn't matter either way. As long as you go ahead and make something I'm happy. Yeah. Don't I mean, give me the credit. Okay. It's like so uh, in AI, and this is I I actually like I'm going to repeat this. This is from the first for post podcast as well. So in ai people mm-hmm. have this massive problem uh, like not specifically ai and just like e- ml and dl communities what they do is they do a ton of courses mm-hmm. they educate themselves on what's happening and what's not happening and uh, they just mm-hmm. stop there after a while they don't do anything mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. well you have to look for new things they're like i have done this i have done that i think that's it and that was my mood um, back what 6 months ago um i was like mm-hmm. almost done with my journey of learning dlnml not learning learning the basics now i had to get in the field mm-hmm. and try making models and deploying them right so mm-hmm. that's yeah. when i felt ki i needed something new and it took me 3 months to figure out ki there are no more courses there are no more advanced courses the next courses that you're going to go through are only going to take you like further down deep into the basics and you don't want to mm-hmm. go into the basics So when you don't go, when you don't want to go down further into the ground and into the roots of it, you go up, you climb it. But how do you climb it? You read research papers, and that's my realization in the past mm-hmm. three months. Read shit ton of research papers. Right. So maybe that's my motivation. Yeah. I'll probably get onto it, get onto a new one mm-hmm. today. Thanks to you. That, that's cool. Do that. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy I had that effect then. And I, I'll be. Some, I'll be very honest with you. Cool. I have like literally till date not taken a single robotics course or not taken a single 3D printing course. How did you learn things? Programming course. See, that is what I that is you know my methodology of learning is it, it's like a hundred percent like experimental. It's like I just uh, I take a deep dive into something that I don't know jack shit about, and in the process I will learn. Like for example, I didn't know JavaScript at all. Okay, okay, I didn't know HTML, didn't know CSS, I didn't know any web development. Yeah. But in two months, I think not two months, in two months ago, yeah, in December, my brain's tripping. Um, in December, I I read somewhere somewhere that someone had made a um a browser extension, and someone younger than me, and I was mm-hmm. like, I also want to build a browser extension. This seems cool, and I wanted to build something that had to do with my that had to you know be related to EEG. So you know, I was like, today I'm gonna start building a browser extension, and I spent the next um, three days making my browser extension. And in the process, I learned how JavaScript works. I learned how um, learned all the basics of HTML and CSS, mm-hmm. and that was enough to get me started. And then you know what someone would have done through an introductory course that would have taken multiple hours, and you know. now uh, they would have just landed up copy pasting code from one place to the other i rather um, took a different approach where i thought of a goal ki i mm-hmm. have to build a browser extension that does this and then broke that down into steps and went learning what was required step by step and in the end i had learned basics of web development so i feel that is far more effective than taking i did the same thing and, that's literally how i had learned web development i mean uh, fastia has yeah. this okay so fastia um, ha- has this angels and in one of its mm-hmm. videos in during when i was going through its mooc uh, one of the videos mm-hmm. an hour long video which basically told us how to deploy mm-hmm. models which was so fucking cool dude no one teaches you how to deploy yeah. models except for these dudes sitting at fastia yeah. and not taking a single buck from you they're like here's mm-hmm. a dumb thing no one will ever tell you deploy your models 
and they go on to like explain yeah. how you can put an image classifier on top of a web- website hey you don't want to know how mm. to know how to code a website use this website here's the github repo here's there he, these are the instructions these are how to like deploy a model i started from scratch mm-hmm. i didn't knew html css i haven't done any courses on html css or javascript mm-hmm. or sql mongodb nothing mm-hmm. ni sql pe i have done but sql ka didn't really help or help me out at least okay. not yet i mm-hmm. haven't used sql mm-hmm. and i can mm-hmm. code websites it took me 6 months but i can code websites real well see see exactly that that, that is what i'm you know we try to preach <laughs> it's yeah. far more effective when you just dive into a project try to make something cool try to make something dumb and in the process you're going to learn so much more than sitting in front of a screen for like you know 6 months trying to do a course 6 months like several yeah. hours a day what here's the thing i'm okay mm-hmm. okay so i did a post um, i did a post about just talking about the stuff ki mm-hmm. dekho you guys want to do uh, learn the theory of machine learning that's super cool kaldo no issues but yeah. uh, code side <laughs> by side and this one person yeah. this one person out of the 15 people who commented was like that doesn't work and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like I took it to heart. <laughs> I did, but my point yeah. being, ki I try to explain to them. See, you can do that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to go deep dive into it. Some preparing for some UPSC kind of shit, and then you hmm. come out of it winner. I have all the theory now. I shall start coding, and that's problematic mm-hmm. because yeah. you won't remember the theory because you never practiced it. Hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. all these yeah. uh, all these proven techniques and research papers about. Uh, like influences in youtube screen hey active recall hey space repetition all these like <laughs> see i knew it did you heard of them <laughs> shit doesn't work it's literally written on your yes face. man it's all bs really it doesn't work unless and that's like an underlying problem with the education system as well that all we are doing is we're getting theory about everything we're not ever really applying anything and that's why whatever we are learning just turns out to be a burden we land up finding it boring after some time you know and yeah. um, Yeah, because only when you can see something actually happening, something actually changing in front of you, do you um, do you stay excited and interested in what you're doing. So that's very yeah. important. So I mean, just to yeah. give you, give uh, the thir- the the 13 people watching this um, or like listening to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. So it's like space repetition, as like our friend Rishab here said. Why do I keep on getting rebuff? Like you. My brain is like, call him Rebuff, call him Rebuff, please call him Rebuff. Never mind. So this is basically the learning curve. Call me Java if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Java. Oh my mm. God, we didn't talk about your surname. <laughs> I hope it doesn't offend you though. No, it doesn't. Cool. I love discussing my surname. <laughs> so here's what happens. Like CBS, even there, yeah. there was a scene. Um, here is when you start learning. Your performance grows. <laughs> yeah. It tips. It basically peaks yeah. at a time. But yeah. here's the thing: as it peaks, mm-hmm. as it jumps after three tries, here is where CBSE undercuts mm-hmm. it and says, "Hey, you don't need to go further down. You're you're done. You will never have to ever remember this shit ever again in the entirety <laughs> of your useless life." And uh, that's uh, what happens. People try to mug up, and uh, there have been so much cliches, so much, so many stereotypes that CBSE is forcing these kids to mug up the knowledge. But it's hmm. it's a flawed system. But just like every other system, it is flawed. Hmm. If you tell them to give yeah. them value-based questions and like situationalistic questions, hmm. they'll be like, "There's too much too much diversity when it comes to the CBSE system." So kids yeah. just can't go through so much of the of slavery and stuff, right? But my point being, I, I just feel it's an excuse. Yeah, it's, a, it's just an excuse. It can be an excuse, but again, India is vastly. uh like this this major chunk of the population is still living uh, earning less than 5000 rupees a month uh 5000 mm-hmm. rupees that uh not 5000 rupees a month i'm talking about 5000 less than 5000 a year a part mm-hmm. of the population is below the poverty line and uh, these people mm-hmm. are sending their kids to school on uh, kids to school and the government is paying them subsidies to live that's how worse mm-hmm. this condition art i am a capitalist mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. I uh, and uh, but part of me is also left leaning so I'm like cool that works out but that's a totally different mm-hmm. conversation my point being ki yeah. too much diversity gives them enough excuses or say maybe reasons we could say and uh, they're like mm-hmm. we can't get away from this rigid system so what you do you do your own learning that's where the whole thing comes out mm-hmm. you can't just sit mm-hmm. around expect but, school and college but, to give you everything one more question i mean another 
what I would argue is, but then the curriculum should give us enough room and space to do our own learning as well, right? I mean, I was able to manage all my projects and like do well in CBSE mm -hmm. only probably because like I was able to manage my, my time in a way where like, uh, you know, I, I was not on social media back then and um, I was really just focused on these two things that I was doing, but not not everyone can can live like that like honestly speaking you mm -hmm. everyone like people like to take breaks they like to have a little time to themselves and in such situations managing indian curriculum or cbse along with learning outside is almost nearly impossible like totally 12th grade 12th grade last um, the six last six months of uh, last five months of four or five months of 12th grade i would say were were i would say the worst in terms of personal development for me because I was only studying what's in the books, you know, so I didn't develop a single new skill. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't learn anything that I, that's valuable to me that was new. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I would just argue saying that, okay, if CBSE is saying learn things outside the book because the mm -hmm. curriculum is limited by diversity, yeah. then leave room for us to learn things outside exactly. the book. Just leave room for someone to say, Ki, hey, I'm hmm. tired of your shit and I want to get graduate faster. So hmm. maybe find a way for me to graduate faster so I can focus on my stuff. Yeah. Hmm. It's like, uh, I could say it is an excuse for a lot of people to be yeah. like, hey, I want to do this stuff. But my college and my like school is like, no, you can't. You have to mug up all this stuff. Hmm. Most like do oh. a majority chunk of the things that we are learning here in school and college, they won't be applied in your job. Sure, the first year, hmm. a lot of colleges have this like uh, excuse ki, hey, Definitely. engineering college especially, um, where they teach you everything hmm. in the first year. Yeah. So you just sit there yeah. learning everything, majors. mechanical engineering, yeah. mechanics, what all sorts of physics and all sorts of, well, hmm. all you want to do is just train some models and make a buck out of it. If you, if you like, take <laughs> it. A yeah. lot of people would be like, Ki, fine, we don't want to make a back out of it. I want to go into research. That's mm. fine too. But again, they'll be like, oh, mm. the system doesn't provide me enough. Like uh, the system doesn't provide me enough space. So I won't go now. I shall study. I shall get mm. a job. I'll keep my parents happy. The whole parent situation yeah. is also like really messy, honestly. In oh, India. Yeah, in India, that, that's another thing as well. Keeping parents happy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Vyom, I have a question for you. Um, what is What is your opinion on... CBSE introducing AI and um, CBSE can fuck themselves. Making... Fuck themselves. Um, yeah, <laughs> CBSE can fuck themselves. Um, they can't introduce AI because they don't have the balls. Yeah. They don't have the framework. They yeah, you can't introduce AI into such but... a rigid framework. People will start asking you for jobs. We aren't looking for jobs in here. Mm. We're looking for research in here. We're looking for research work. Mm. You know, um, mm. I also posted this stuff on LinkedIn. See. Uh, mm. Fine. Uh, this one thing that I love about AICrowd is that we are very centric towards, like, I'm not talking it as of being part of AICrowd, but I'm talking it being a, a general, a normal human, a personal, like, mm. in my own personal opinion, I'm saying this. Kaggle mm. has this thing messed up where they introduced medals, uh, all sorts of positions mm. and titles. That's fine. That's going to mm. increase your uh, user base. Fine. Totally works. But here's the problem with it. Companies will think that mm. these medals are trying to prove something and I have been through that phase. My phase lasted till this January until mm. I got recruited oh. for something totally different, which is not AI at all, which is includes in a company of AI, but that's not my point. My point being key, Kaggle has this whole framework, jobs, jobs, jobs. Companies are also like, since mm. they are calling for jobs, since they are like more job oriented, since you have rankings. Mm. You have more and uh, mm -hmm. you have like rankings and like all sorts of these positions. We're going to look at these and we're going to hire you on the basis of that. Mm -hmm. And so oh. I kind of fear that Kaggle's mm -hmm. situation, mein yahan pe, they made sure that the system became fucked. The whole community was fucked. Theke, there are some amazing mm -hmm. people who aren't like that. And then you go into CBSC because CBSC ka is way more rigid. It's way more corrupt. Mm -hmm. It's so mm -hmm. awfully corrupt, dude. And mm -hmm. they can't help it because, again, inclusivity, ke exclusivity ke debate here will start. You can go ahead and yeah, say, but, ki, huh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but they did, they did land up introducing AI, right? Like my, my friend studying in grade 9 as AI Seriously? as a subject. Yeah. When did this happen? Yeah, CBS, he did it. Google it. Oh my God. That and AI. secondly, what, what's your opinion on countries making at least students know everyone knowing at least one programming language 
a mandatory thing unnecessary um i think it's it's fucking unnecessary because the future is no code and we <laughs> all know about it yeah no one is going to sit down yeah. and code it's a labor intensive task it is dude i i sit down and code i hate it i if they're like uh, not hate it it's like i just feel if i have to like right me <laughs> maybe i'll be fired <laughs> no that's not yeah. my point yeah my yeah. point being ki sitting down and writing thousands of lines of code if you're enthusiastic cool do it it's almost mm-hmm. like writing mm-hmm. no one likes to write anymore everyone types or everyone like does voice typing i don't know what people do but my point being ki it's labor intensive theek hai yeah but future mein yeah. ai will do all the coding gpt3 has shown us mm-hmm. open ai was like hey mm-hmm. us code looks like the ones the create that create you are actually is mm-hmm. the, the whole gpt model might just create or like kill all these programmers they'll be like hey i don't need, we don't mm-hmm. need your jobs since i'm doing mm-hmm. all the coding sit down all you have to do um, in okay so gpt3 has this playground open ai has this playground where you go in you just type commands you can recreate mm-hmm. google uh, google.com's homepage and have its code with you yeah you can easily recreate the code wow. by just giving it commands okay i need to create a web page okay. for google.com i need the uh, header to be this mm-hmm. size just normal like a normal insan ki tarah bhai just talk huh. to the talk to it like a normal human as if you're giving a yeah. developer advice on how to create a page mm-hmm. if you don't like something mm-hmm. give more commands exact page um i think there's a video on it um GPT it actually does I did not know about that but that's fucking amazing I mean I was watching you know I was doing this I was watching this documentary about jobs that AI can do as of today and the highest on that index was programmers and AI can do 41% of a developer's job as of today so I'm like holy why shit. is everyone pushing their children into AI right now then Yeah even uh, that's why I'm like really started leaning towards fine I'll do my thing in AI and I don't expect myself to be in AI for like a lifetime no never hmm. I I'm like AI is cool but I want to move out from it eventually hmm. See Here's the thing yeah. okay I found the video fine thank god I found the video shut it block <laughs> Why does it think I'm going to allow it in the first place Yeah so here's the <laughs> thing just just look at it Yeah. A button that looks like a watermelon. This is this is GPT three we're talking about. Hmm. And it has all the code, dude. It has the whole code here. And the blue button that says oh, wow. subscribe. Okay. <laughs> the future is no code. Um, Auto ML will do will do all the training for the models, and uh, hmm. pretty much that. It's like India mm-hmm. is slow in grasping what's in the future. They're just. too fast in grasping of what could be the present because the us might be okay, what 20 yeah. times 20 years at most uh, ahead of india or the eastern countries mm-hmm. and indian mm-hmm. parents they are like oh wait ai ai i don't think indian parents are still on it but eventually there is going to be a whole wave of new entrants into the field of ai oh wait i think it is going on right now is it there are literally my every third person i speak to who is like a freshman at university hold up yo hold up um start video yeah. allow participants to share screen yeah, you can share screen now yeah okay do you want me to show you something mm-hmm. no i'm 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 just talking like a personal okay, experience okay, okay, like okay, every every third every third person i speak to these days yeah. um i ask him what's your major in university and he'll be like ai i'm like okay it's like Part of me is just scared. It's getting too competitive, but it's like mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Um, at the end of the day, I'm like it's a good thing. A lot of people are getting into AI, but if the same thing happens, mm-hmm. like it did with engineering in India back in the 1990s and 80s, mm-hmm. I guess AI is fucked. Then you'll have a ton of AI engineers, ML engineers who do not know how to deploy models or like real life implica- mm-hmm. like compli- mm-hmm. implications and complications mm-hmm. as well of what how AI works. Mm-hmm. and uh, don't want to criticize specific yeah. companies honestly but uh fuck it i will all i will no problem the sparks foundation is there <laughs> then there's uh, i think then there's neuron uh, neuron ai mm-hmm. i neuron yeah so this krishnaik is a good and he's an influencer in this in this field of ai mm-hmm. specifically in india and uh, mm-hmm. i haven't done his course i wouldn't say don't mm-hmm. do it but here's my take on it mm-hmm. the people who are actually doing the course are being guaranteed a job after it's done 
yeah they're being guaranteed an internship or a job mm-hmm. okay and i'm pretty sure ki and... he must have like tied up with several companies and told them hey i'm going to i have this amazing curriculum i'm going to train these kids and i'm going to provide you with yeah. these uh, tr- this trained workforce that is involved in ai hmm what and okay which is which is cuts it down yeah. to okay we all are trying to sell jobs to these kids who are trying to learn ai which uh, mm. kills the whole meaning of it i'm like why don't do that just so, focus on research okay so you feel if you're getting into ai it should be because you're interested in research and yeah. not because you're looking for a job okay, okay. when it, when it, okay from a personal mm. opinion when i came into ai i had no idea how it how i came into ai dude i was literally mm. learning python to make websites and sell them to these people um who live like who have their shops in the small market mm. in the smallest mm. market I'm, i was going to sell them these websites yeah. i made for them see hey you have a business do you have a website no would you like to have a website but uh, <laughs> i just realized ki yeah. i had to learn html and css for it which i did eventually and i did it voluntarily mm. us time pe i mm. rejected the whole mm. idea of doing so because i didn't want to learn new languages and now the one mm. fucking time when i do it was voluntary but the point being ki i was like theek hai html css nahi karna what do i do go ahead get into data science get into machine learning i had no idea liberal mm. arts ka bachcha tha i had no fucking idea i get into this mm. shit it blew my mind and i had no prospects for internships or jobs i just did it mm-hmm. yeah see that, that, approached, that's the difference i really got approached for my first gig dude i asked him no wow. i didn't i got approached i was talking to this person he was like you want to give um give this a talk on like this fast year and i'll pay you for it or like just a seminar i'm like uh, no i don't want mm. to but uh, how else can i help mm. you and uh, so we got in this mm. whole thing and like he's like yeah fine you can build models for us i'm like fine so i worked there then just took off but my point was like internships were never my that is uh, good. goal yeah so i think what you just went over is like it's like the core difference between education and learning everyone who is doing this for a job is ent- extrinsically motivated so they're doing it for education you know that but you on the other hand did it without you know you just did it to learn you did it to do something new and mm-hmm. that's why you learned and you got that knowledge more which which i respect a lot more than you know someone doing it just for getting a job or getting that degree mm-hmm. or something see i'm trying really so, hard yeah. to like um, not sound belittling or not not sound like degrading of these people theek hai they are doing mm-hmm. their thing but uh, companies making I'm fun not of trying others. at all kya what and you said you're trying not to sound belittling i'm like not trying at all yeah I'm, okay <laughs> but my point was ki yeah. at least don't profit out of mm-hmm. their um, say mm-hmm. them not being aware enough to what what's actually happening in the industry mm. not have not being mm. able to see the whole picture it's almost like when you get into poetry you think your poetry is the best and mm. you have no idea that other people will look at it and be like oh it's cringe <laughs> but that's just how are you work. talking from personal experience yeah <laughs> i okay. i hope that after like um, i'm pretty sure that the industry will start to start saturate after like 5 years it will start start to saturate mm. and that would be mm. not the end of it but it would be the start of this mega tsunami of all these kids getting into ai and not doing shit about it they learn how mm. to create models on collab and that would be it that would be the death of mm. engineering and start of this whole culture where people are pushed into learning ai that's it mm-hmm. they don't apply it they don't yeah. know applied ai these is do it for the sake mm-hmm. of it i'm shit this is why i said I said in the beginning that AI it's in a bubble right now where everyone thinks it's the next big thing it's going to change the world. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be big, it's going to be very important part of our lives, but does that mean that everyone getting out of school should go into an AI course and learn how to code AI models or something? No. No. But is that what's happening to a certain extent? Yes. So that is what I meant when I said earlier that AI is in a bubble right now. even i think so honestly i couldn't put it into better words but you i had heard this before but then you said it, i'm like fuck yeah i believe in ai and ai is in in a bubble right now fuck yeah it is in a bubble right now people are learning resources mm-hmm. are easily available but companies are misusing them hmm you're a really awesome yeah. dude thank you <laughs> god i i i yeah. think that we lost track of time totally it's been like an hour it's been an hour damn 
Okay, this is the last yeah. minute. What do you want to what do you want to say about like anything, literally anything in this world? Um get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Wear a mask. Get wear a mask. <laughs> um um connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me, whatever works. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll follow me on Instagram. I'll put your link in the podcast description if it helps. Twenty seconds. Go ahead, dude. Um, follow me on Instagram if you want to see one post in a year, and um, message me if you want to talk and build cool shit because that's that, that's how you learn. Yes. Yeah. Let let the rest of the minute have awkward silence. <laughs> okay.